What's up, everybody? Welcome to It's Eclectic with Sam and Harry. This is our first uh, official episode of our podcast that um, start we're starting together. Two brothers. I'm the youngest, and Sam's the oldest. I'm 25 years old. Uh, I currently live in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And, you know, this podcast is going to kind of start out how you just heard it typically, which is going to be with a song or the, the snippet of a song that either Sam or I have been listening to recently or that maybe as you know, we've heard a long time ago that's popped back up into our minds that kind of just inspires us in some way or motivates us or uh, makes us feel something something good. You know, we're not going to be playing sad music or anything like that. Um, so each each podcast you can expect kind of, you know, to hear something cool or new maybe for you that you haven't heard before or maybe just kind of feel a little bit inspired. Uh, you can check it out for yourselves. But uh, now I'll let Sam introduce himself and we'll get started. Hey everybody, my name is Sam. I'm Harry's older brother. I'm 33 years old and uh, currently living in Istanbul, Turkey. I've, uh, I'm from Philadelphia, South Philadelphia, born and raised, but um, been kind of traveling more or less since I was 18. Uh, and um, I think it's brought a lot of unique perspectives and a lot of unique experiences. And I'm excited to kind of speak to that a bit in this podcast. So uh, I'm very excited about this. We've been talking about this idea for a long time and uh i guess we'll see what happens yeah <laughs> definitely definitely be a work in progress but you know we're excited to get things going um you know as sam talked about we're going to be talking about a bunch of different stuff and a lot of different range of subjects and that's kind of the nature of the of the title it's eclectic um and like i said before we're going to start out each podcast with with a little bit of music but also with um some sort of positive psych message just to kind of get things going and set the tone of the wide range of things that we'll be talking about um, so today, I'm going to start us off with um, an Instagram account that I follow that I think um, really helps me kind of stay focused or keep my mind on positive things or kind of maybe working on myself in positive ways. Uh, you know, I know it's sometimes the best for our it's for best for our self care to you know stay off of social media or stay off of our phones. But if that does become difficult to do, I think it's good to follow accounts that kind of inspire us or kind of push us in the direction that we know we really want to be pushed in. Um, so today, I'm going to introduce. Uh, or I'm going to show you guys the account um, called at Yvette Allo. So the way it's uh, spelled out is at Y-V-E-T-T-E underscore A-L-O-E, at Yvette Allo. And she just posts a lot of awesome um, positive psych stuff, but also kind of just, you know, things to keep us um, thinking about self-improvement or, 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 or speaking positive affirmations to ourselves, or also understanding, you know, uh, potential trauma or things we've had to deal with in our lives in more practical and, and functional ways for us to improve and move forward. So, you know, her, her bio reads as here to help you heal, find purpose and create the life that you want. Um, she's a life coach and author and a wellness educator. So she's, you know, she's up on these things all the time. Um, and the post that I want to share with you guys today is all about kind of self-improvement and and you know manifesting your reality so um she posts quotes she posts educational materials and and things like that but this this particular post she writes work on yourself and everything around you will change you will attract the right friends the right partner and the right opportunities it all starts within you so i just want to you know share that message to get you guys kind of feeling positive and feeling you know, motivated to maybe do things that you wanted to do for a long time and also realize that, you know, the, if you are in control of yourself and you're in control of um, things that you do with your life or the things that you choose to do every single day, then, you know, you can't really be as affected by the world around you and the right things will happen for you. So 
Um, it's definitely something that I've been working on a lot recently, and I think that it's appropriate to share with you guys. Um, and that's kind of the nature of how we're going to get started each episode. Um, but as we, as as the title of the show, you know, indicates, it's eclectic. We're going to be talking about a wide range of things. You know, Sam and I are both overthinkers, and we definitely have a lot, you know, to talk about all the time. And um, today's show is going to kind of touch on a range of topics, but starting with you know one that we love very much, and that's sports, particularly basketball. You know, I'm wearing my Sixers MB jersey today, kind of to set the tone for that. And I got some AI posters in the back, you know, as well. Mm -hmm. So um, we're going to be really focusing on the NBA restart um, above all else. And there's a lot of sports that have kind of been coming back um, slowly but surely. I know baseball's recently kind of got started. Their opening day is coming up. UFC has had a lot of success recently um, with, you know, their events, which is a very, they're a very unique sport and they have a lot of fighters that they can choose from different places to kind of come and show up for these different events, but they've done a good job of testing and a good job of um, isolating people who do test positive for COVID-19. Obviously during this pandemic, that's been a big factor on all these sports that have, uh, you know, been away for so long. Um, but again, those are kind of, you know, we can talk about those different sports all the, you know, all day or in different podcasts. So we're going to focus on our favorite, which happens to be basketball and, kind of touch base on different topics, you know, related to that, related to the circumstances, which have to do with, you know, the pandemic, um, Black Lives Matter movement, and, you know, different kind of philosophical points um, having to do with, you know, things like escapism or distractions that tie in, you know, with everything that I just mentioned. So, um, but not to start too deep, we're going to kind of, you know, get things going with the sports aspect itself. Um, I know we have, we, have, we have some topics that we want to choose from, definitely to get going, so. Yeah, I think um, the first question, the big one, is <clears throat> who's going to win? <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah, I mean, do you have any initial thoughts on that? I, I definitely know I have a bunch of thoughts for sure, so. I don't know if I have thoughts or if I'm having emotions. Like, I really feel... <laughs> I really feel like the Sixers are going to win it this year, but <laughs> it's really yeah, just because there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing backing that besides just seeing that photo of Joel basically when he came back and he looked like, you know, I don't know, an incredible Hulk. And I was like, all right. <laughs> and then Ben, obviously with his jumper, you know, it's like every off season actually came back or it's actually coming, coming, his jumper is coming. And, I don't know, man. I mean, I guess we have to wait to see it in action, but I, I feel I feel cautiously optimistic for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. We're not going to hide our bias, you know, or anything. Our biases on you know things like this when it comes to sports and the Sixers. We're definitely homers, and you know, with like all the different teams in Philly. But um, you know, I agree, man. It's a very unique kind of situation. If we look back at like the lockout, I think it was in. Uh, what was it? Uh, 99. Um, no. So, you know, the, the year after either after Jordan hit the shot, things like that, he retires. And then there's a lockout in the shortened year. And then all of a sudden, you know, that Spurs team was a was a monster team. They had Tim Duncan and, you know, David Robinson and, you know, you know, Jerry, uh, Stephen Jackson, people like that. But at the same time, they played the eight seed Knicks, you know, in the in the finals. And that's just kind of like a very weird kind of situation that you wouldn't think that a team like that would make the finals and on any other year they might not have. So, you know, it's, that's that sort of situation now, again, where it's like these unique circumstances kind of open the doors for like these different scenarios and different teams to win. And I think the Sixers, you know, a lot of 
ESPN people and you know Fox Sports, whatever these different uh, these different commentators have been speaking on this as well. And you know they're pick, picking teams like saying that the Rockets or the or the Heat or like you know maybe the Sixers could kind of sneak through. But I think at the end of the day, for me, it's it's the same thing that everyone says you know about the Sixers. Like we'll go as you know Joel and Ben go mainly Joel definitely. I mean he's you know like you say he looks like the Hulk and but you know for me it's like. A little bit less muscle muscle definition than the Hulk has, I would say, maybe a lot less, and that's kind of the thing that you know has been an issue for him. You know, the weight and stuff like that. You know, Ben looks like the Hulk for sure. He got he bulked up. He got he got jacked, and you know, I, I've been sending Sam a lot of uh, videos of Ben shooting jump shots and pick and roll and things like that. And you know, it's the classic like don't get your hopes up sort of reaction. So I, I'm thinking the Sixers definitely have a shot, but I don't know, man. Aside from uh, Aside from our home team, you know, do you have any do you have any teams that maybe you're thinking about um, could 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 make it all the way? Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think it's a very exciting answer, but I think the Lakers obviously um, benefited. I think the two teams that maybe benefited the most from the from the you know the time yeah. off. Um, well, actually, in some ways, in some ways, not the Sixers for sure. Yeah, and LeBron just because LeBron's getting older, you know, like or the Lakers because LeBron's getting older and him having a few months off, things like that. But um, you know, I think in I think in the West, it'll we'll see Lakers and Clippers in the in the Western Conference Finals, and I, I, I you know it's hard to it's hard to predict, obviously, but I don't know. Everyone's making it up to to be LeBron's year, and. I'm a bit of a LeBron fan, yeah, so maybe I'll just go with that. That's that's good. I was gonna say, you know, again, like no, we're not, you know, gonna pretend like we're uh, we don't have certain things that we root for, certain teams and people that we root for. I'm definitely, you know, my whole life I've been like a D Wade guy and a Michael Jordan guy, so that's you know kind of like opposed to uh, being a LeBron fan in a lot of ways. And I also definitely hate the Lakers, <laughs> you know. So it's just like I do not want them to win, but at the same time, I do agree that you know LeBron. It can't hurt LeBron that he has more rest. I mean, I know he spends like what a million or two million dollars a year investing in his health and things like that. So that's a big mm -hmm. factor in why he is still so good in year in year seventeen. You can't hate the man for what he's done. He's he's a dominant force, been the most dominant player of his era easily. So, um, you know, with the team that they have, kind of like you can see the camaraderie that they have and that they're all really tight and they all really just like. I mean, again, like when you when all these free agents sign for like the minimum to play with LeBron, it's like. They know they're, they're, yeah. they're going for a championship. You know what I mean? So, like, the mentality yeah. is, like, very strong with them. So, again, I definitely, like, think the Lakers have a very good shot. They'll go as LeBron goes. But, you know, we, we talked about the Sixers benefit a lot. The Lakers benefit a lot from the lockout. You know, Sixers especially because, you know, we didn't mention, but Ben had a back injury and now he's fully healthy. Mm -hmm. Like, he wasn't even supposed to be playing in the playoffs, and now he's looking like he might be better than he ever was. So, that's pretty crazy stuff. But on top of that, I'm going to, I mean, I, I'm, I'm thinking the Clippers, man. I mean, I've definitely been, you know, mm -hmm. picking the Clippers all, all year personally. And uh, I don't want to hate on the Bucks, man. Giannis is a beast, but I think it's the type of thing where like, you got to show me that you can do it sort of deal where it's like, I definitely believe he can and that team can, but until they do it, you know, it's just like, we're not going to necessarily believe it. But the Clippers, dude, I mean, Kawhi has been, you know, he was limping through the finals last year. So it's like to see, you know, he, he wasn't totally healthy. Paul George wasn't totally healthy. Um, you know, and, and I think that they have benefited a ton from the lockout. And they have a ton of dogs, man. Like Patrick Beverly, Kawhi, Paul George, the guy, you know, I forget which one. Honestly, off the top of my head, I forget which one of the Morris brothers they have. The Lakers have the other one. So it's like interesting <laughs> to talk about that. They're yeah, Philly, Philly dudes, so shout out them. But I'm thinking Clippers just because – at the end of the day, like LeBron is going to be, you know, he's going to be, uh, 
defended by a range of some of the best wing players in the NBA as well as post defenders in the NBA. So you look at like Kawhi switching on him, Paul George switching on him, Pat Bev is going to give him fits too. I mean, at the end of the day, um, he's one of the best defenders in the league and he's, a, you know, he's in that. He's going to be all over LeBron. So I just don't, I don't know for sure. Again, like I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be like Max Kellerman and say that, you know, not that all of you will know who that is, but say that LeBron's going to like fall off a cliff, like um, all of a sudden, but at the end of the day, I don't know if he's necessarily going to be able to, you know, get past these guys and they're going to really turn it up for the playoffs. So I'm thinking Clippers, but again, like we said, very, very unique circumstances, kind of hard to tell, you know, with what, um, what's going to go down totally. Yeah. I mean, it's nearly unprecedented and obviously with, especially in this generation. And so now you have basically a sprint to the finals rather than, rather than the kind of the culmination of a long season. Right. So all these guys are coming healthy, but also, you know, who knows who's been conditioning the best or who's been, you know, practicing the most. And you only really see what you're seeing on social media. So really time will tell. And I think, uh, yeah, just a, just a short while we'll, we'll be on, on the way. Yeah, man, definitely, definitely agree with that. I mean, I think uh, one of the interesting things as well, I, you know, I, I'm just looking at looking at the notes kind of that we've taken, like leading up to this podcast, I realized we didn't mention, you know, a couple teams, the sick, you know, the heat are another unique team that kind of have a really um, deep team and they have a lot of shooting and they have a lot of defense. And again, they're all really mentally strong. And um, Jimmy Butler's, you know, he was a sixer you know, last year, and it was great for a while. I definitely uh, miss him in some ways, in some ways not, you know what I mean? But And the Raptors, man, the Raptors, people really, you know, obviously when they lose Kawhi, their best player, it's hard not to, like, think that they're going to fall off a cliff. But at the end of the day, they've had a very, very dominant, consistent season. Pascal Siakam um, is, you know, one of the most improved players in the league, which is kind of something we'll touch on, you know, sh- shortly. Um, and again, just like to, just to, you know, remind everybody that we're not just going to be talking about sports. I will say that personally, I don't believe that any of these uh, leagues are going to like are going to finish. I don't really think that the pandemic mm. will allow it, um, to be honest. I don't really see how it's going to play out, um, you know, in a way that things can run smoothly the whole time. That being said, the NBA just came back today and said that none of the players tested positive on this most recent round of tests. So, yeah. you know, we'll see how it goes. But I think I think the NBA has the only chance, actually, you yeah. know, of, of, of the major of the of the four majors. I think the NBA actually has well, maybe not the only, but far, by far the best. They have the, the bubble. The other leagues are talking about different scenarios. And uh, yeah, I just think that also historically, at least historically in the past you know, in, in our lifetime, the NBA right. seems to be more on top of their shit, you know, than yeah. the other leagues. So Definitely. I just think that I, they have a be- it gives me a better feeling than the other leagues. No, yeah, I agree. I do agree with that. I mean, I, I think like to a certain degree when some of the players were testing positive and like there was reports of, you know, like, again, we're going to talk about different aspects of this unique, unique league, um, unique bubble situation that the NBA is dealing with. But, you know, a couple guys like, left the bubble or left the premises and you know in the first like few days and it was just like oh god like here we go you know these guys are just it's the downhill from here i think you know maybe one or two people tested positive for for covid i know like russell westbrook tested positive for covid he wasn't in the bubble you know to to necessarily and to be able to potentially spread it so that's a big deal but you know now we got you know people like dwight howard questioning why he has to wear masks at all and because they all tested positive again it's like safety first i mean one thing goes wrong or one false test and who knows what's going to happen, but um, yeah, I do. I agree with you. I think that the NBA has the best chance, which is kind of weird to say because 
the Florida is like the epicenter for like coronavirus now kind of in the United States. So it's very, they got to really stay in that bubble, man. If anybody really, yeah, does, if anything sure. happens, like it's going to be an issue. So for sure. Yeah. And I saw the other, I saw, I think it was today or yesterday, the league said that the awards this year will only be uh, kind of judged or graded through before the, uh, the, the shutdown started. Yeah. That, that's what you saw too. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. It looks so like, what do you uh, think about these races, huh? Oh yeah, no, definitely. I, I think that you know, I think they said yeah that the exact thing was like that. Whatever, I think it was like what they're playing maybe eight or sixteen or I honestly off the top of my head forget the number of games they're playing kind of leading into the playoffs. But the whole little kind of like buffer period, which again is you know I'll, t- I'll touch on that in a second. But that whole buffer period of regular season games that they're kind of arbitrarily, I mean not arbitrarily, obviously they put a lot of thought into this, but. Um, the amount of games they decide they're going to play before the playoffs start is not going to count towards any of these NBA awards. Um, mm. First thing I like to say is that that's very interesting that they even have these like buffer games and they invited 22 teams, which is more than the number of playoff teams because they're kind of trying to give these, uh, particularly in the West, a very tight race for the eighth seed. They're trying to make sure that um, that gets solved and that guys have a chance to, to win some games and get into the playoffs. I personally love it because it gives someone like Damian Lillard a shot to bring the Trailblazers in the playoffs. It gives John Moran a chance to hold on to that playoff spot, and uh, also gives um, what the what, you know what I ultimately think the reason is that the NBA is doing this is gives the Pelicans and Zion Williamson a chance to um, enter the playoffs because I mean you know first round the Lakers are going to probably hold on to that one seed. You know Zion makes it the eight seed. Zion versus LeBron. I mean you know. Who wouldn't who wouldn't love to see that happen? I mean, that'd be you know, a freak show in the best ways. You know, two two absolute dominant forces physically um, and in terms of basketball against each other. That's what I think is going down. But again, like those those games are important for the playoffs. But in terms of the awards, obviously, we just said that they're not really counting towards that. So for me, I'm someone that's been uh, the most important award. Obviously, the most like, popular award, MVP. I mean, we can talk about that first. I all year have been, uh, you know, Giannis. I mean, at the end of the day, his, you know, he's he was close to breaking the player efficiency rating record, and he's only playing thirty point nine, I believe, is the number of minutes per game he's playing. Which I saw the other day, um, is less minutes than, you know, Dennis Schroeder is playing this year, who on the on the on the uh, Thunder is like this the sixth man. So you got the MVP playing less mm-hmm. minutes than the sixth man, still averaging, you know, about thirty points, thirty plus points. Um, I think, you know, around 14 rebounds, you know, around five assists. He's getting at least one and a half steals, one and a half blocks, shooting like 58% from the field, something like that, Fifty, at least 55, um, I believe. So, I mean, those are just dominant numbers, and he's doing it, and the, and, the, and the Bucks are blowing teams out. So what's the point of playing Giannis in the fourth quarter? So, I mean, I don't, I don't think you can really – some people will probably try to spin that minutes, um, that minutes argument against him, but I think it works for him in a lot of ways. And then, you know, obviously the next guy is LeBron James. He's got to be top two no matter what, I believe, in terms of MVP. And he's been, I mean, dude, the most impressive thing this year is, like, this man's averaging over 10 assists a game. That's just, you know, 6'9", 260-plus, whatever he is, and he's out there averaging 10 assists a game. That's pretty incredible. But, again, you know, the biggest, yeah. big, one of the biggest uh, points I'm seeing about LeBron, like, whether it's on social media or whether it's some, some player speaking on it or some ex-player is that, He's well, look what he's doing in year 17. Look what he's doing at age 35. Look what he's doing at his age. You got to give it to him. You got to give it to him. And I, you know, if you're using age as a reason, oh, this man's old and he's playing well, so we got to give him MVP because he's old and he's playing better than old people usually play. That's not how it works. I mean, at the end yeah. of the day. So 
I, I, I actually commented on one post recently and said, so like, didn't Luka Doncic get it since he's so young? I mean, he's just so young. Like he's in, so impressive sure. for how young he is. If we're talking about age, I mean, what's more impressive? So at the end of the day, I think age is not a factor in this, in this race. And because of that, I mean, you know, you got to give it to Giannis. Also forgot to mention that Anthony Davis is on the Lakers and Giannis, you know, doesn't really have another top five, top 10 player on his team as good as Chris Middleton is. So I'm, I'm leaning Giannis all the way. I, as much as the media likes to kind of make it seem like LeBron has a really good shot, I don't really necessarily think it's going to be super close, but I could be totally wrong. So I agree. I agree with you. And I'm also thinking, I mean, everyone's saying that Giannis is going to get defensive player of the year too. So we might have him win both. Yeah, man. I, I, I think that's pretty we'll crazy. Yeah. I think all the races in general, I mean, besides maybe coach of the year, I mean, rookie of the year is pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, I mean, what do you think? Yeah, who do you think? Who do you think is getting rookie of the year? Uh, I mean, I think it's Ja. I mean, how can yeah, it not man, be? Yep. Who do you think it's going to be otherwise? I mean, I don't think. I don't think it's. You know, again, it's like the media. You know, it, again, this is another reason that you shouldn't stay on social media too much, no matter what it is, because you're going to see some something that bothers you, and it's like, of course, the media is going to try and say Zion should get it, Zion, Zion. But like at the end of the day, a lot of people have been saying this, a lot of players, but like Ja has been doing it all year. He's been absolutely incredible. Ja Moran on the Grizzlies. Another jersey I considered wearing, but I didn't want to. You know, I got to start off the. I got to start off the series uh, the right yeah, way. Got the Sixers going on for sure, but I think it's Ja all the way. And I just wanted to go back real quick to your defensive player of the year point about Giannis, dude. I saw a post the other day that was talking about potential finalists for like the you know top five guys who should win defensive player of the year. Ben Simmons was not in. Was not on that post. And at the end of the day, I don't have the, the numbers up right now, but I do know that he has in terms of sticking the other team's best player consistently throughout each game, not just every once in a while, over the course of an entire game. This man is 6'10", playing point guard, sticking whatever player you got. doesn't matter if he's a guard or a forward. He's he's on that player, and he's locking them up. Their shooting percentages are extremely low, whether it's Jason Tatum, James Harden. These guys are having trouble against Ben. And he's playing point guard. He's running the offense the whole game. To have the energy to do that for 48 minutes, obviously he's not playing the entire game, but he's playing you know a lot of minutes. I'm really, you know, again, as a Sixers guy, but also as just a basketball guy, I mean, what do you think about it? I definitely think that he's getting kind of snubbed right now. I agree. And I think he gets a lot of disrespect in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he doesn't have the jumper, and that's the, that's a, a problem. But on the on the defensive side, I, th- I find I find this, the same points, I mean, to be right. true from what you're saying. Like, the dude is 6'10". He's guarding. He can guard pretty much any position. I mean, he's not going to guard a kind of a big-time center, um, but... Even that, he's got a chance. I'm yeah. curious to see, though, now that when we come back, um, he's not going to be running the point. At least that's what, what it sounds like. He's going he's gonna to be shifting over. So now will, he, will his defensive mindset shift? I doubt it, but I'm curious to see what happens you know, with the reset. Yeah, no, honestly, I, again, I think you just brought up an awesome point, which is that you know we've been hearing Ben is playing a little bit of power. He's playing a lot of power forward, actually, it sounds like, um, in these practices before the bubble, you know, the bubble league gets going. And that's really interesting. Like, is he going to, is he going to go stick, you know, the other players to guard who's their best scorer, like while he's playing the four. And I think that that would be awesome because that would totally, you know, mess up teams matchups and things like that and just make it weird for other teams, which is like mm-hmm. the nature of the Sixers weird, weird team. We got a ton of size and a ton of random players and like totally, totally agree um, that we're going to have to see how things play out in that way. But that Ben is, you know, I think still, 
like you said, he, he's not necessarily sticking big time centers, but I don't really think there are a lot of big time centers anyway. And you know, at the end of the day, True. Sixers got the only real big time center, maybe a little too big, but you know, like you said, <laughs> but Joel Embiid, um, you know. And as we were talking about, we're not necessarily going to focus totally on sports the whole time. I think you know, all these awards races um, are interesting and exciting, um, uh, you know, for the most part. So we just touched on um, those big ones: Defensive Player of the Year, MVP, Rookie of the Year. You know, coaches, stuff like that. I mean, there's a lot of guys you could talk to. I think at the end of the day, it's about what team has the best record and, and things like that without the best players. So you're talking about the Bucks um, and Budenholzer and things like that. Most improved player, Pascal. I think I'm going Pascal Siakam. But at the end of the day, again, that's a race that is uh, not as much in the forefront of uh, what's going on. So in terms of some of these other yeah, storylines like we talked about, I mean, go ahead. What do you have to say? I will say when it comes to the coach of the year conversation, and it pains me to say this, obviously, given the history between these two teams, but right. I mean, you have to be impressed with what's going on with the Raptors. I mean, with you, 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 you win God. the finals, your best player, <laughs> your best player lose, uh, leaves the team. Yeah. And he's still coming back with that team. I mean, this year and they look, yeah. they look, they look very good. I mean, again, we have to see what happens coming, coming, into this month, but um, I would think Nick Nurse is going to get the, uh, the coach of the year. Honestly, that was a great point. I didn't totally know where you're going with, like in terms of the history thing, and I, I wasn't. I was kind of, you know, a little shot to the heart there when you said Raptors, and I remembered that that quadruple bounce, whatever that was. I you know yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So it had to be magnet in the ball or something like that. But I definitely agree, man. I you know I thought they'd still be good this year, but they're just they came out like confident they're going to win it all you know what i mean they're coming out like playing games beating teams by a lot competing all the time playing as a team and honestly when we last year when Kawhi was hurt throughout the year which he was he did have a lot of games that he took off for load management you know what i mean whatever you want to whatever you want to call it i mean i don't i don't mind i don't want these guys like their careers getting cut short because we want them to play 82 games like that's all good but the raptors didn't really miss a beat last year and this year they look even better so definitely agree with that um in terms of uh coach of the year man nick nurse I would not be I would not be upset with Nick Nurse getting it this year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in general, obviously, it's been nice to have you know sports back. I think right. like um, you know uh, we have seen, especially living over here, I've seen a lot of the uh, international soccer coming back. Um, UFC, we have it all kinds of weird hours, which is crazy. Oh yeah. Um, but leagues are doing what they need to do to bring sports back. But I think it brings up you know. A question that gets us a little bit out of the pure sports topic yeah. is should sports you know should the nba or should sports even be coming back in the first place no i totally agree i mean i know something that we've talked about is again kind of related to joel Embiid, who's like our guy at the end of the day you know we, we support him all the way he's our he's our hometown you know best player serious troll that is doing it just to be fun <laughs> you know at the end of the day he's like he's not trying to He's not trying to like make people. He's trying to make people mad for sure, but he's not really. He's not trying to pick fights in like some serious way. He's having fun and he's he's doing what he likes to do. And touching on that to what you said about should this league even come back? You know, a little while ago, um, he came out and he was at he was asked about you know the bubble and I've asked about the league in terms of the pandemic and he spoke on that you know he was unsure, man. He was unsure that it was going to go well. He didn't really understand how he knows how. NBA players are and they're restless and they want to go out, go to the club, go out, you know, and go around the cities that they're staying in when they're on the road, things like that. And obviously the bubble is a lot of amenities that we've heard about. And again, we could we could talk about the bubble for, you know, for hours and hours and hours because there's so many crazy things going on. But he spoke on that. He's like, he's like, I know I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be in the house. I'm going to be playing video games. I'm, I'm a homebody, which which he definitely is, which probably is why he's looking like, you know, 
the Incredible Hulk, <laughs> like we talked about earlier, you know, Incredible Hulk in a way. Um, but yeah, he spoke on it. He was, he was honest. He was, and that's one of the things we love about Joel is that he's honest and he's not afraid to be vulnerable and say like, I have this fear or I have this concern. And he said, he does, you know, he's, he's definitely a little bit worried about, you know, um, all the players kind of following the rules. And like we talked about earlier in the podcast, we already kind of know that they're not all following the rules, you know, to start. So we'll see what happens. But I know you had definitely some thoughts on, on that and like, you know, Kendrick Perkins, who came out and kind of called him out for that and said he was being soft in a lot of ways um, for speaking up on, on what he felt about the league. I mean, how do you how do you feel about that? Yeah, well, I mean, Kendrick Perkins, don't <laughs> even get me started, really. Oh, but, yeah. I mean, in the end, uh, yeah, Kendrick came out and, and kind of called, called Joel out for being kind of not fully into it and not being a full leader. And he kind of referred, in, in, inferred, sorry, that he was being yeah. a bit of a baby where he's being not not man enough or something like that. And I just find that when, you know, men talk about other men in that capacity, um, it's like saying that they can't have an actual emotion, they can't have an actual feeling. And we have a friend of ours, who will go unnamed for now, but I'm sure he'll be a part of this podcast in the future, um, who actually last year when Joel came out and uh, cried after the Raptors loss, he immediately kind of called, called him out for that. And now he says that this is another kind of instance of Joel being, you know, not man enough or, mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And and in the end, it comes down to this like toxic masculinity thing in yep. sports. Um, but you know, Joel's right. Joel, it's not even been one week, and already two guys have left the bubble, or one guy's left the bubble, or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and and uh, so, you know, he's not wrong. No, he's not wrong at all. And like you said, you know, we could. We could probably do a podcast, you know, I mean, by the end of the next couple of weeks, you know, we could definitely do a Kendrick Perkins podcast, I'm sure, just because of uh, sure. all the dynamics of kind of an ex-player being in the media, trying to kind of like sell some players out, which has been spoken on, you know, in the media as well and by some some current and former players. But totally agree, man. It's just like, you know, it's low-hanging fruit. You know what I mean? It's easy to just call some big, strong guy soft for speaking up on it. And I know he brought up like LeBron and and Kawhi and other and other leaders and, and dominant players in the league who he was saying why they didn't come out and say anything so why is Joel saying anything as if Joel has to follow the lead of these other men who, exactly. who kind of maybe are a little bit concerned but maybe less concerned because I know LeBron's like chasing he's chasing that ghost as he says he's chasing he's chasing Jordan he's trying to become that greatest player ever so he's got some priorities and he knows he's taking care of himself and he's just kind of controlling what he can control but to act like there's not a fear of things you can't control in terms of being in Florida where like, again, like we're going to talk about a lot of different stuff, politics, sports, you know, the pandemic, et cetera, where DeSantis, their governor is like essentially just getting people killed with the way he's, he's treating um, the pandemic and the policies that he's enacting or not enacting. And Joel speaks on it. And Kendrick wants to, you know, not only did he call him a baby, like you were saying and speak on it, but he was saying it in like a very like aggressive manner, I would say. And he was kind Mm. of being like, unapologetic about it and not being open to the other side and and you know we, you and i are both sensitive guys and we overthink a lot of stuff and we you know we we're in tune with our emotions and things like that and doesn't doesn't mean that you know you're less of a man for doing that it doesn't mean that you should be spoken down on in the way that joel was by kendrick um to kind of like you know kind of push that trying to push that behavior aside as if like you shouldn't do that if you're a man and other people might see that kids might see that teens might see that and and echo that sort of um, that sort of message that Joel's a baby because he's just being honest and and smart, man. I mean, the science, you know, the science backs it up, dude. Like, 
coronavirus is no joke. And again, they're in a bubble, which is safe. But man, dude, I saw like, just not to get not to get on too much on a tangent, but I saw a tweet a couple of weeks ago that I don't know if it's real or not. I'll be honest. I'm not totally sure. My friend sent it to me, but it was some girl on it, you know, on Twitter, a girl that kind of looks like my, you know, she might be getting uh, courtside tickets every once in a while from different players around the league. I'm going to leave it at that. We'll say it that way. But she said, you know, I already got invited to the bubble. There's no week. There's no way this yeah, league is ending. It. And she's like, you know, crying, laughing emojis or whatever. And it's like, dude. Am I what I you know, again like I don't know for sure if that happened. I don't have any sources, but like would I be shocked if a restless, you know, 20-something and be single NBA player who kind of is used to a certain lifestyle is not already trying to see if he can kind of manipulate the situation and have some girls come through? I mean, I I would not be shocked if that was true at all. Yeah, of course not. Of course not. Yeah, I mean, I think uh you know, in the end, whatever league you're in, these players are getting tested all the time and they all have to abide by those restrictions whether in the bubble or not in the bubble but i agree i mean these guys are 20 sometimes less than that 18 19 20 21 yeah, years days. old you know not everyone likes playing video games like jo joel and uh I, I i you know at some level i understand it although you're getting paid that money you can you can stay in the bubble yeah, <laughs> yeah the, I, the, you bring up the money honestly that's i, I was somebody that was definitely like of the mindset before this all started and kind of related to the pandemic and and related to like black lives matter movement which is so big right now and so important um and should always be and should have always been but we're really glad to see kind of the efforts that have been happening around the country and um you know we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit later but i know that those sorts of reasons for me i was like man don't start not worth it man who cares about you know millionaires and billionaires making more money i mean at the end of the day we're living in a very Again, we'll touch on these subjects a little bit later, but these very capitalistic, classist, racist society where it's like we're sending these predominantly black athletes out to entertain people and distract people from these things. And also maybe not the most safe environment for them. Also, considering that healthcare system is very much um, has not been working for uh, black and brown folks for, you know, throughout history and still to this day. So at the end of the day, I mean, those sorts of things made me think. They should not come back. And I was kind of defiant about it. But then, like you said about the money, I thought about this recently. It's like, I know for me, I've been careful while going around the city, biking with a mask, social distancing, making sure I'm not touching my face, things like that, making sure I know who I'm hanging out with, you know, things of that nature. But I've also realized if somebody just offered me, you know, $10 million to go to a bubble in Orlando and play basketball with my best friends and my teammates and try to win a championship, I would do it. 100% I would do it. I would totally go. I do not blame. I'm not going to be a hypocrite anymore about this stuff like i definitely would go and play i do understand a lot of the players were not sure about it and you know i know you know someone like maya moore in the WNBA kind of left like a legacy of potentially being the greatest basketball player ever in in, in women's basketball behind to go focus on social justice um i believe you know that it's a little bit harder to do that as an as an nba player just because of the amount of money you're leaving on the table generational wealth unfortunately WNBA is not offering those sorts of um, that sort of compensation yet. So I know for me, again, I don't know. I didn't know. I don't know if I agree that in terms of what's best for the world, that sports coming back is the best thing. But in some ways, it is good to have this, this entertainment and see this stuff and not just be focused on the negative all the time. And also, I do hope the players use their platforms. You know, as we've as we talked about, the NBA is kind of a leader in that. You know, I mean, just to just to segue the conversation, maybe towards some of those things that we've heard about, you know, Adam Silver has been implementing certain um, rules and options for the players to use their platforms, which is something they've been concerned about. So, 
Yeah, I think that's what you know. That's a good tra- transition. What we what we talk about a lot, you know, on the phone, and and is, is this idea of you know our sports coming back going to be a distraction? You know, yeah. and you know one of the reasons that um, in the past uh, maybe political or social movements haven't made so much progress um, or haven't had that longevity, and this is crazy to say it is but is potentially because of sports you know people have this distraction this regular distraction and the players in a lot of ways in the past especially until recently have been silenced in a way so yeah you know your your point there about the you know allowing the players to have a voice maybe this is what counteracts um what's traditionally happened in the past where players haven't had the opportunities or when they did have, have the opportunities they were shot down obviously with examples like colin kaepernick Things like that, which started this conversation in a big way, especially right. from the sports arena. But um, this year, I think, you know, I do think that what's been happening with the pandemic, what's been happening with Black Lives Matter has been happening for long enough over a sustained period of time that sports coming back is not going to distract from these issues. People are not going to just, you know, turn their TV on and forget about everything that's been yes. happening in the past three months, especially because nothing is going to change when it comes yeah. to real life. You know, you can have your moments of escapism, your moments of, um, of entertainment and, uh, and still, you know, you're going to come back to the same reality. You can you can't, you were, you were in when the game started. So I think that, um, I do think that there is a, a risk of sports coming back prevent or, you know, kind of minimizing what's been happening, but I do not think it's actually going to happen um, because of some of those things. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I think you made a lot of really good points. And like you talked about, you know, kind of some of the benefits of it coming back as like how is as being good, like, you know, touching on you know, a little bit of escapism here and there is kind of good to not just like be stuck in your head with certain things. I know like this pandemic is causing a lot of psychological issues for a lot of different people and mental health is more important than ever, which again is why we talk about that at the beginning of each each podcast and we'll touch on it again at the end. But I do I definitely I definitely agree that um it's kind of it's not the worst thing that's happening and i think in some ways it'll be good and i also think about like man you know there's i mean again like there's so many things to talk about in the world related to all these issues and you're looking at portland right now kind of just Mm -hmm. 40 plus days of protests straight and now we got you know secret police essentially from the trump administration coming in arresting people i mean it's absolutely ridiculous but but also at the end of the day we don't want everyone to burn out and i think that some people were burning out a little bit with these movements and kind of having not these movements, but the movement and the pandemic and all the things going on in society. I know for me personally, like I definitely was, I was going to every single protest in March I could for that first week and a half. And I did burn out a little bit mentally and, and have some mental health stuff and had that I had to deal with. And thankfully I'm coming bouncing back, but it has to do with a lot of self-care and you have to kind of pick and choose sometimes the things that you're able to do so that you can be there for the long haul. Like we, like you talked about and yeah, man, in the past, I know sports leagues have not always been, the best for this stuff, especially you when know, we talk about like someone like Michael Jordan, who has gotten a bad rap for social issues. Mm-hmm. We think about basketball players in the 80s and 90s and like how many of them were really being activists, you know, anyway. I mean, I know Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was somebody that in the, you know, uh, in the 70s, uh, I believe 60s, 70s was kind of more of on that on that front of things about with those coalitions of players like Ali or athletes like Muhammad Ali, Jim Brown um, and, and Kareem. And but then towards the you know 80s 90s like I don't he wasn't doing as much and I didn't I, this is something that I'm not just speculating or things like that I've I've read recently about these things and 
it kind of had to do with that the league was becoming very successful in the 80s and 90s, bouncing back from some tough issues. And there was kind of this hush-hush kind of deal with like the players like, yo, we're doing well. You're all making a lot of money. Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Kareem, guys like keep, you know, Isaiah Thomas, keep it, keep it a little bit quiet on these social issues so that the league can continue to prosper. And that definitely gave us a false sense of what the world was like in a lot of ways, what the country was like in a lot of ways. You got Michael Jordan, the most famous athlete, I mean, most famous person on earth at the time, and maybe still to this day, this, this, this very, very handsome, charismatic, athletic black man who's you know, well-spoken and does does all these things the right way. Obviously, find out about some of these other issues that, you know, we can have, we'll probably have like a last dance podcast. I wouldn't be surprised if we have a last dance <laughs> podcast or something like that or a, or a go debate podcast in the future. But just touching on some of that stuff, now is the time where these leagues are becoming more progressive. Not progressive enough. Um, most of them, the NBA has been doing a decent job. But something I, you know, I know you probably have some things you like to bring up, but I'm just, you know, thinking about how some of these things the league has implemented um, you know, like like potential uh, substitutions for your names on the backs of jerseys. I know they came out with a list that I know when I saw it initially, I was like, this is not, there's no Breonna Taylor mentioned, which again, let me just plug real quick, arrest the cops who murdered Breonna Taylor. This is not Absolutely. okay that this has not happened yet, but something like that. There's no, you know, there's no real, real, um, you know, real profound or real direct messages that they were necessarily allowing. And I know other players have come out and spoken such as LeBron, who said, I wasn't even consulted on this. And, you know, LeBron it might just be a player, but he's not just a player. I wouldn't mind. I think the league consulting LeBron on some of these issues, since he has been such a leader in these realms, would be pretty good. And then, you know, Jimmy Butler is saying he doesn't want to wear a name at all because he just wants to kind of represent the, uh, you know, the empty space of, or not the empty space, but the space of all these issues and not, not, not put his name to it because he could put so many names on that jersey. And the league's not even letting him do that. So... You know, I think I think that's kind of the give and take of like what they're allowing and not allowing. So yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, it's not it's not a a bad thing. Of course, it's of course it's a, it's a positive thing that the league is doing this and they're allowing this in the first place. But the question becomes: Is it an actual meaningful thing? Like, is right. it something like you know? Recently, we've seen in this, a lot of streets across the country that people are painting. Black Lives Matter on the on the streets and in kind of bright yellow paint, right. and the conversation has really become. And it, you're starting to see people, even black people, coming and painting over top of it, saying this is actually not like this isn't doing anything. Mm -hmm. It's like it's like this is like we're talking about superficial actions versus meaningful actions, right? right. And so like, is it is really someone wearing something on their back of their jersey meaningful, or should the league be donating? And which they probably are, actually, to be honest. They're probably doing both things. But you talk, I mean, I understand where the players are coming from, that this is, feels like a superficial action. And But in general, the players seem to seem to be on board. You know, none of them are, are saying this is a bad idea. They're just saying, I'm opting out, which is good they have that opportunity to. But the other thing I wanted to talk about is actually, yeah. and it's actually related to uh, Dave Chappelle. Um, oh. He had his he had his segment he had his uh, Netflix special 846 that came out uh, maybe like a month ago or something like that, and um, one thing he said is, you know, people are asking him, Dave, why aren't you speaking more about what's going on? You know, and he said, I'm a comedian. You know, yeah. why should people? Why do people care about what their favorite comedian cares about? You know, Black Lives Matter. This is not a movement for comedians or for celebrities. This is a movement for the people. Right. And so I think that's a good point, actually, especially in times like this, where like it really is a movement of the people, you know, yeah. and do people really care? I mean, I, listen, I love the fact that athletes 
get involved in things beyond sports and have an opinion and a voice, but is it their responsibility? No, I disagree with that. Yeah. So I think that um, it's just an interesting thing also that's happening now is do we care or do we want them or do we just want sports back? You know, right. we just as sports fans really just want to see these guys back playing. I definitely think it's a combination. I mean, I get like, yeah. you know, even, I mean, you know, some of this stuff, like I know for me and you know, you know, you know this about me, I'm a huge UFC guy, huge MMA guy. I think like to me, a lot of similarities with basketball. I compare it in terms of like, you imagine to me the best, you know, the best uh, MMA matchups remind me of if you had like a one-on-one -on -one tournament with the best basketball players and they tried as hard as they possibly could. And all they were doing was just counter moving each other with incredible skill. Like to me, that's what mm -hmm. um, MMA is. And not again, not to, not to switch subjects to that, but yeah, man, like it, watching MMA with no fans and hearing the, the thwack of some of these kicks and punches and stuff like that. You know, Bryce Harper for the Phillies just hit an absolute bomb home run the other day that you just hear the sound of the back, you know, cracking the baseball and like that's all you hear, no fans, things like that. These are very interesting and like um, unprecedented times, but also offering us these circumstances that we might never, you know, experience these things in this way again. And I kind of just touching on that with the NBA, like it's like, yeah, I, I said this, I think I said this to you the other day or messaged you about it, but I'm thinking like, half of these games are going to be just silent because they're going to have to just like cut the sound, all these players cursing so loud. I mean, dude, yeah. I, I know I play basketball. I can't help it. I, mean, I was a big Kevin Garnett was my, was my boy growing up. You know, he's one, I was one of, I was one of his biggest fans or he was one of my favorite players. And I mean, get that out of here. You know I mean? There's gonna be a lot of that going on. There's gonna be a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of just jarring at each other. And it's like, I think to some degree the players might be mindful of it, but it's gonna be really interesting to see, man. I don't mind, you know, again, like, Life is life is not PG, you know. What I mean, life is like more of that rated R stuff or even beyond, right? So it's just like I kind of I'd be interested if they maybe have like a, you know, a sort of a, like I said, like an adult maybe an adult stream going on. I know they did the last <laughs> dance on ESPN with like the you know the curses on cable TV, which was really cool to see. And then they had the like you know the non curse version on ESPN too. So. I, mean, I know I might have to try to find some streams where I can hear uh, hear Carmelo grabbing some rebounds. You know what I mean. So for those of you who don't know yeah, that reference, for sure. just look it up. For sure. Yeah, I've had the pleasure. Uh, you know, back in when the New Jersey Nets were moving to Brooklyn, it was like the year before that. Um, I had the pleasure of working for the New Jersey Nets, and um, yeah. although it wasn't wasn't their best moment in 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 time, yeah. <laughs> in terms of, I think they were they were heading down the path of worst record of all time. But um, I did have the pleasure of sitting courtside a few times. And uh, yeah, those guys have uh, no sensor buttons, so um, I'm, oh, I'm, no. for, I'm for sure they're gonna need to censor that stuff out. Which I don't know how it's gonna work with courtside announcers, but uh, I guess we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean, definitely, you know, you're, you'd be surprised. Like, I'm, I'm surprised that you don't hear more cursing on TV. To be honest, I mean, like the mics in the back in the in the rims are pretty pretty solid i mean they make that swish sound a lot more intense than it actually would be otherwise and you know guys grab a board their heads getting close to the rim you really you really hear those curses on tv i'm a little bit surprised mm -hmm. it's not more of that like like you were saying that maybe now with these like side on commentators no fans you know i guess they'll still be playing music you know at the games maybe that'll be the thing that kind of stops it you know from being just like a, it's gonna be weird, bro. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, every sport will probably handle it differently. I know. I know that some of them are talking about uh, pumping crowd noise and things like that. Right. Um. I I like like you're saying with the UFC, for example, where there's no crowd noise, it's kind of like entertaining. But it's gonna be 
I mean, can you imagine watching a baseball game? Like, I mean, it's already bad enough. Oh, God. Actually, the, the crowd noise is not very good in the background. Yeah. But, like, without zero, with zero noise being besides just the, the players, like, I don't know about that. So that. It's funny that you mentioned that, actually. And, again, like, obviously, you know, we have some of these kind of um, subjects that we're honing in on for this podcast. And we'll always kind of be focused on certain things. But, again, it's a podcast. We're having conversations about things. We're going to be touching on different stuff. So, you know, we'll get back to some of that NBA stuff. But like you just said about baseball, man, last night I was watching a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here I'm here at our parents' house with mom and dad, you know, upstairs. Um, and last, last night I heard, um, we were watching, we were watching some of the Phillies game against the Yankees. And, you know, we turned it on immediately. And, you know, mom and dad are just both kind of freaking out about how the, the commentators won't shut up, man. And it's just totally true. Like, he said, you know, dad said when he was growing up, it's like you could go half the game and, and you go, you know, a portion of the game and think, is the volume on? Did the volume cut out? Like they're not even, no, there's no sound. No one's saying anything. And it's like because the, there's nothing to say all the time. Baseball games are slow. And I know they're trying to, you know, maybe uh, create some. And I was, you no, know, d- disclaimer, I was a, I was a mainly a baseball player in my youth. I transitioned as I got to like high school and, and college, but. Um, you know, to be more of like a basketball guy, soccer guy, things like that. I'm, a, you know, I'm not going to get into all those sports. But anyway, to say that, you know, these games are, you know, I love baseball, but like to watch this, the, this game, the game these days, it's way too slow, way too, uh, way too many, like kind of like just dead, you know, dead air moments. And these guys are trying to, I guess, like make up for that by just having these random conversations, like to fill, you know, to fill the air with sound, which is something that I've been accused of a lot of times. <laughs> you know, just talking too much, trying to fill the air with sound. So, I mean, I agree though. I'm just like, damn, shut up, man. I just want to like, you know, turn up the volume on on the on the on the catcher's mitts, so I can hear the ball hit the glove. I mean, something like that <laughs> would be way better than just like these random guys who are usually like old white guys just talking about you know some old some old shit. You know, that doesn't even really matter. I mean, I don't. You know, at the end of the day, I definitely I definitely agree. It's gonna be interesting to see how this stuff all plays out in terms of, you know, is it gonna be better? Is it gonna be worse? Again, I think for UFD. MMA, it's it's not better or worse, but it's awesome to hear the sounds of these punches and kicks, to hear the coaches coaching the other, you know, their their uh, fighters from their corners, hearing the direction, stuff like that, and also the component, again, not to go too deep into MMA stuff, but the component of like that. Sometimes the commentators are calling stuff out that the fighters are hearing, and they're making adjustments in that way. You know, in terms of the NBA, just to segue back to that, are now you know. Um, we're going to be hearing maybe LeBron and, and Rajon Rondo. And I know he's hurt, actually, so we'll see if he makes it back mm-hmm. to the playoffs. But guys like LeBron and, let's say, um, Chris Paul and these very, very intelligent high-level basketball players calling yeah. out plays, calling out defensive schemes, like saying, you know, setting up the offense, setting up the defense, things like that. I think those dynamics, again, as long as those mics are picking that stuff up and not, you know, the, the, curse, the curse words too much, I think that would be really, really cool to hear. Yeah, well, they probably have a, a, a maybe they have a multi-second delay on their live recordings or something like that. Otherwise, they don't catch that stuff. But I think, yeah. I mean, I think one of the biggest reasons, obviously, the leagues are trying to come back is is money, right? I mean, I think that they're, you know, as as a country, I mean, and and as a and as a planet where uh, the economies are really suffering right now. So you have like the angle of like, you know, coming back for entertainment, but also, I mean, I think the leagues are. I think I think this is kind of an, an attempt to boost the economy in some way too. Yeah, that's a that's a very good point, and you know I think 
at the end of the day, there's TV deals, you know, with these uh, with these leagues that they're trying to make some recoup some money back on because they're all they're all losing money no matter what um, this year because of what's happening. And yeah, I mean, economically, I know we've I know like earlier on in the when the pandemic kind of started, there were some owners and some even players. Unfortunately, you know, players are millionaires, but the owners are billionaires uh, that were kind of funding like the um, paychecks for some of the uh, concessions yeah. workers and and arena workers who are not going to be making their money um, because of these uh, these social distancing um, you know guidelines which are very very necessary. So you know I definitely wonder what the trickle down effect will be. You know I, even though that's a, a bullshit you know phrase to use you know most of the time I think what I really do wonder what the trickle down effect will be in terms of the economy for people like that. You know are these are these owners going to be um, are these owners going to be, you know, holding themselves accountable for kind of taking care of their their workers, which unfortunately, like as we're talking about, you know, in terms of money and capitalism, unfortunately, our society is built in this way that we kind of have to do be saved by we do have to be saved by rich people a lot of the time. I mean, it's mm. like all these people working in restaurants and working in supermarkets and at places like Lowe's or whatever these, you know, um, whatever these stores or necessary businesses that are open, they're doing it not because they aren't worried about the pandemic necessarily. They're doing it because they got to make some money. And you know, our government is not supporting um, supporting the working class people or, or anybody for that matter in terms of uh, economic support. So I definitely see this in a lot of ways. It's hard. Not, like I said, you know, do, we don't if we don't know that the owners are supporting their, their working class people, they probably aren't. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, we have to assume that they're not because usually at the end of the day, the pressure needs to be applied and these people need to be called out and exposed and, you know, shown for what they really are, what they're really doing. So, you know, it's very, very, very controversial and eye opening in a lot of ways that this stuff is going is happening because we're seeing like, man, we're not as far away from, uh, you know, living like kings and peasants as we thought we were. You know, I mean, obviously we are in a lot of ways, but man. You know, the richer, richer getting richer, stocks are going, stock prices are doing well, stuff like that. And meantime, you know, we got that one, you know, $1,200 stimulus check for everybody, you know, I don't know, four or five months ago. So, yeah, it's absolute bullshit. I mean, we could talk about that for a whole episode too. Right. But yeah, just talking about, you know, again, just talking about um, capitalism and, you know, kind of just the, toxic classist you know kind of culture that we live in now that ties into some of the stuff we've been seeing i know that you know we talked about during this pandemic with like individualism mm -hmm. and kind of just buying things or going out to eat just to like do it i know some people just like want to have that experience of normalcy and i that's why a lot of this stuff is like i can't really judge people wholly on these mm -hmm. issues because i do understand people trying to experience life in a better way you know during this pandemic but at the same time you know, when I'm seeing the same uh, groups of, uh, you know, I assume more well-off people sitting outside of these nicer restaurants in downtown Philly, things like that, and they've been doing it since day one, and we have these, like, protesters, you know, which I, which I think is right now associated with Black Lives Matter, but we have these, like, idiot protesters who are going out trying to protest things reopening, and then we see in the South, all over the South, and in California, places like that, that, you know, they're in these spikes in the virus, like no duh, that was going to happen. And we all I think anyone who's like been paying attention knew that stuff was going to probably happen. And it's just kind of it's like, man, like you really need to go out and eat. You really need to go out and and buy stuff. Do you, I even saw people in Philly, man, like on South Street in Philly, for people who know what that is, 
dude, like a few weeks ago, even I'm seeing people like in line to get into like shoe stores to buy shoes inside of a store. It's like, really, do we need that? Or is it that much of a thing that like, it's that, is that, is that, is that the normal? Is that how much, you know, that's the normal thing in society, which to answer my own question, I, it obviously is people just like, Oh, we're getting back to normal. That means I'm going to the store. I'm going to the mall. I mean, like, come on. At the end of the day, that stuff is just so unnecessary and it's endangering people, but people cannot help themselves do this stuff. And, you know, that's some of the stuff that I've been seeing just in Philly, but I know is definitely worse in other parts of the country, for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's a bit of, and yeah, I mean, I've been abroad for this whole time. So right. I was in the Netherlands. I was actually, I was in Egypt when it first started and then in the Netherlands for the, for the quarantine. And now I'm in Istanbul. So I've seen a few different uh, countries' reactions to what's happening. And everything was actually pretty okay in the Netherlands. Um, but that's what it is. I mean, it, it all comes down to, like, you kind of get what you earn, right? I mean, yeah. America doesn't doesn't deserve what, what it's asking for right now, you know? There's yeah. many countries that spent two, three months in heavy quarantine, doing all the right things, and now they're getting, they're able to get back to normal activities. For example, um, yeah, I mean, even here in Istanbul, because people took it seriously. The problem is in America, we have a problem. We have the we know we have a problem where there's cases, you know, over fifty six thousand cases. Um, mm. Obviously, it's a large country, but we're not doing the right things right. to deserve the things that we're asking for. So, when it comes to you know, uh, you know, uh, buying things, when it comes to you know this this capitalism conversation, I mean, I think. It's been super interesting to see buying behaviors over time during the pandemic. I've seen that obviously e-commerce is way up um, over traditional uh, traditional years. Mm -hmm. um, as soon as this thing started, I knew that customized face masks would be a thing. You know, all kinds of different branded right. face masks, things like that. Um, I saw uh, Dr. Fauci is wearing a, a Nationals uh, face mask, actually, which is related to our last topic. Right. But, you know, and then, and then recently, the other the other day, I saw a woman tweeting about what was some people's favorite loungewear they bought during quarantine. Which to me, I was just like, "Yeah, are we really sitting here talking about what people are buying just to wear at home?" You know, I mean, read the room. Really yeah. we're at. People are buying things just so they can wear them at home, and and you know, you know, in the end, that's the the system we live in. That's yeah. the society we live in. We're born into a system in society where you make money and you spend money. And um, and now people have nothing better to do besides spend money. But I really, you know, wish that the opposite had happened over this time. You know, I, I th for the last three years, I've been living out of a backpack. It's definitely changed my way, my, my mindset on what on on what is necessary in life yeah. things like that. And I was hoping that this thing might scale people's capitalistic behaviors back a little bit. But I think it's actually done the opposite. Yeah, you know, I definitely, again, like, it's one of those issues where it's like, you know, again, I follow accounts, like, on Instagram, like, Complex. I mean, that's, like, probably the number one thing that I'm going to associate with this part of the conversation, which is that they're alternating posts between, like, being extremely socially conscious to just showing, like, DJ Khaled wearing, like, the most blinged out, iced out possible watch. And I'm just like, God damn, like, I don't want to see, I don't want to get, like, fired up about the issues in society, the classist issues in society, the racist issues in society, the white supremacist um, you know, again, classist, patriarchal society that we live in. I don't want to start thinking about that stuff and feeling like, you know, okay, I, I'm, I'm fired up about this stuff. Complex is showing me. They're making people aware. And then Complex goes back to kind of like filling these, you know, a lot of the younger generations 
minds with like this like clout chasing mentality that's just like absolutely wrong for this movement in this moment in time and also at the same time there's a lot of white kids that follow these accounts that are probably just like feeling you know or you know white maybe prejudiced kids i'll even lean that way that are following these accounts um that are just like being reinforced that these issues maybe aren't the things that they should be thinking about all the time so like that stuff is absolutely absurd and again classist you know capitalistic stuff directly ties into uh race issues as well i mean yeah you know just again to talk about our experiences and the transition in a in a in a, in a appropriate way just yesterday i was at there was a i know there was a national i believe there was a lot of i don't know if it was the it wasn't the entire country but there were many cities that are participating in this uh workers strike um for, you know primarily focusing on for black workers and i was at you know a rally in in philly yesterday and it was a lot of talk about how we you know uh wage discrimination is racial discrimination and how uh the nature of tips tipping mm -hmm. is goes back to slavery and goes back to the times where it's like you know white uh business owners didn't want to pay these newly freed black people and they decided to oh we'll just tip them we'll just tip them and now it's like you know what it's it's, it's less than three dollars it's two dollars and something you know and some change an hour that's the rate for these servers who are the ones that are out there on the front line like facing this pandemic and trying to deal with these ignorant people and they're living in you know in essentially in the um the uh i should say that's the right word they're living in the uh in the new version new reality of essentially slave wages they're living in the uh in the disciple of slave wages and it's just like absolutely absurd and it just ties into all these issues in the country like, it's not you know People like act like some of this stuff is conspiratorial when people talk about stuff like this, but there's a there's a reason that all these things are tied together, and it has to do with how everything's been run for a long time. Like I said, a white supremacist, um, classist, patriarchal society, um, which you know just is absolutely still running um, running the government, running the world around us, unfortunately, in too big of a way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree, <laughs> absolutely. I, I'm just saying. Uh, I don't know what else to say. Uh, no, I definitely, <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot can be said about all this stuff, but no, again, like it just, my experience with like seeing these things, it's like, man, you really do, again, like you might have an idea, it, these, are, these are difficult subjects, these are complicated, deep issues, and it's important for people to be educated as much as possible and do readings and, and show up to these rallies and listen to people talk and, and spread these messages and try and help each other learn because it is a lot to navigate through and it's not easy to understand everything depending on where you're coming from um, in your background, in your life. But again, that's why it's important to focus on the right things and, you know, kind of seeing some of these things that um, these priorities that people have in society. It's like we talk about, you know, the big issue a lot of the times is like privilege. And yeah, there's a lot of privileged people out there experiencing the world in a way that um, that other people don't. And honestly, you know, I've had to check my own privilege many times over the last several years and understand more about um, myself and, and the world to really see that. You know, there's always more that can be done. We can always improve our understanding of these issues and help more people. And the work is never done. The work is never done at the end of the day. So there will be more protests and more rallies. And, you know, as much as, again, we started this conversation around sports and things like that, that we love and we enjoy and can be used as a tool for good in a lot of ways and kind of, you know, showcase different things. Um, it's important that people stay educated and focused on the right things. And honestly, you know, not to not to like tie, bring it back to sports too much, but you mentioned the point earlier about um, about these athletes and their platforms and 
how you know kind of like alluding to like you know do they all use it in the right ways or all they are they all, are they all saying the right things and it's made like one not to you know get too deep in any other you know new topic but i mean Dwight Howard was somebody that spoke out about his concerns about whether the pandemic would be or about the bubble coming back would be a distraction from Black Lives Matter or the mm -hmm. safety issues related to the pandemic. But he was just recently on his Instagram live or something like that, talking about how he doesn't believe in vaccines, man. Like all these all these athletes do not deserve to speak on all every issue. <laughs> and again, the even bigger deal, Steven Jackson, who, again, I was a fan of as a player and a person yeah. for a long time. And I still believe, you know, I still it's not like I'm. I don't, you know, I'm not canceling this man for anything, but he spoke out and, and, you know, is spewing this, uh, ignorant prejudice rhetoric from, um, you know, a, uh, an anti-Semitic preacher, Louis Farrakhan, mm -hmm. who, um, you know, it's absolutely unfounded. These, these, these issues he's talking about, he was doubling down on a statement to Sean Jackson, an sure, Eagles man. player, um, you know, came out and said, kind of alluding to, you know, just different anti-Semitic control over over you know, different systems in society. And it's like, man, you really are like shooting yourself in the foot and undoing a lot of the good work you do when you speak against other um, groups like this and marginalized groups. And just, again, like seeing all this stuff happen, that's why organization is so important. That's why, you know, just because you have a platform doesn't mean that you deserve to speak on every issue. That's why a lot of these I mean, that's why people go into politics. That's, I mean, or government, I should say, not politics. That's why people go into activism. That's why people go into social justice because they are focused on those issues and understanding them the right way, not just, you know, spewing something that they heard at the end of the day. So, yeah, I mean, in the end, these, you know, these guys, men and women that have, have, have a megaphone don't necessarily know how to use it, you know, and that's right. uh, something that I've, you know, I previously in, in my past life worked with some, you know, per celebrities and athletes and things like that and it was always you know always like asking people to really think about something before they hit the send button you know because mm -hmm. like right. they don't always have the right thing to say but no going back to what we were talking about a bit a bit earlier i mean it's been it's been you know watching what's happening in the states from abroad um especially over the past few months has yeah. been I don't know. I mean, it's been so many things, you know, <laughs> depressing for for obvious reasons, and also also inspiring. I mean, the sustained movement that's happening all across the country. For example, I've seen you. I mean, I know you've been going to every protest you can in the city for you know months now, and that's happening. I mean, there's many people like that all across the country, which is incredible to see. You know, watching it from abroad also has been interesting because I'm in a different context. Like, for example, I'm in Istanbul this this, uh, this month, and um, I've been talking to some people about it. And um, we talk about um, you know freedom of speech. Some people are still saying, some people here think that we still have it better, or we still have it. You know, they they're not they they still kind of don't understand what why we're so upset because they don't even have the right to protest here for example like people people can't even go on the streets here if you right. there's a, a pride march a, a couple of years ago they were simply were just like walking down the street not even doing much and they got tear gassed you know i mean people get killed you know it's all i mean and obviously yeah. we're starting to see that kind of a thing in a police state like what's happening in the states but um it's been quite interesting to watch what's happening uh, in the states from abroad um, from a variety of different perspectives, um, you know, I wish, you know, it, one one other strange thing is I, I wish at some level I could come home, you know, I mean, it's been it's been a long yeah. time since I've been home, but eight countries in the world right now are accepting the American passport, eight, 
So leaving, you know, Americans are actually trapped in, in America right now. I mean, for, for, for the pandemic issue, um, sometimes maybe think people think for the political issues, um, and we're going to mm. have to see what happens in the um, right. I don't know. I mean, we're kind of facing this situation where Americans are stuck in a country that many Americans don't even really feel 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 that way for right now. So yeah, it's, uh, strange, that's a, that's strange a, times. Yeah, definitely strange times. Those are great points. I mean, you know, it's it's it does. You know, I know the trend. You know, going from again like talking sports to talking about all this stuff is a little bit of a uh, you know trend towards a. Uh, a little bit more deep and maybe sad or upsetting subjects. But at the end of the day, like you said, people in other countries are questioning, you know, what, what's, what's the big deal, you know, about some of these things or why are we not maybe, like happier that we can protest and stuff like that. But I think this ties into like what a lot of us have maybe been conditioned to believe at some points in our lives which is, is that America is this like example for the rest of the world of freedom and democracy and free speech and all these things. So I think in some ways, you know, it's been eye-opening in very negative ways to see like what exactly, you know, who exactly is running things in this country and how much control, you know, the average people actually have or working class people actually have, um, you know, and to change their lives in the ways that they want to. But also it's great to see the sustained movement. I mean, the media is not covering it as nearly as much as they should be or as they were in the beginning, but people are out every day. People are out all the time, you know, protesting for these things and they recognize a consistent message within, you know, within all these different rallies I've been to, and I know across in other cities as well, is that this has to continue. I mean, it's going to be sustained effort. Pressure, pressure is necessary to make change. It's not. It is about voting, which is very important. And if you're listening to this and you're not registered to vote, you know, don't. I'll give you a shot. You know, what I'm saying, like, go ahead and vote before I get upset. You know what I mean? That sort of thing. But you know, seriously, it's so important to do that, and it's so important to maintain the pressure. I mean, protests. Are what change things you know causing disruption in the system is what changes things and there's so many people out there fighting for it um and that's really that is really what america is 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 about you know what i mean that's what it's supposed to be about is fighting for those things that's what the america that i know you and i and all these people um believe in and want to make a reality for everybody and also in the day, man, I know we've talked about like, man, do we want to move, you know, to another, I mean, you're not here, so that's good for you, but I know for, you know, it's like our sister and things like that. It's like, are we going to move to Canada? Like all these different things, like if Trump wins again, which again, we'll, you know, I'm not going to get all the way into that, but it's like, man, I know part of me and a part of a lot of people are like, you know what, this is our country. We don't want to abandon the other people fighting. I don't want to abandon like, you know, all the other protesters and all the other, or, you know, people that are out there and organizing and fighting for what's right. And also let's change it, man. Let's make it yeah. what we want it to be and let's fight for it. And at the end of the day, it will not, it will only, if everybody left, that was good and well-intentioned and, and on the right side of history in terms of the way they think, if they all left this country, it would just go to turn into a total, you know, neo-Nazi or white supremacist or, you know, you name yeah. it, um, government and, and country. And that's really not what we want for the whole entire world, especially too. I mean, the world's watching because in a lot of ways, America is a do is the most dominant force in the history of the world in terms of military and um you know and financial uh, resources and it's just you hate to see um what's happening in society some of that stuff needs to be allocated towards um you know social issues and social programs as well so um yeah 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 i mean, I mean 
Yeah, for you know, for one reason or another, uh, you know, you grow up in America and you kind of feel like America is the best. You know, you feel like America is, you know, but then you grow to be a little bit older and you realize what you touched on earlier is that America is actually right. a country built on systemic racism that has actually trans transcended throughout the entire history. If people don't recognize, you know, like things like mass incarceration of black and brown people is the extension of you know slavery, then they're missing something. Um, yeah. the, the point is that, um, you know, America has never really been a country, the country that it, it should, it should have been, you know, inherently it was built on stolen land, first of all. And then, yes. you know, despite all of these amazing promises and these amazing words that are put into the constitution or the declaration of independence or these, these documents, the actions have never corresponded directly to the words, you know? No. So actually in this moment in time, I find it interesting because we actually have an opportunity to reverse, not reverse, but to start a new history, you know? And I think right. that this is really, you know, it should have happened a long, long time ago, but here we are. And I think um, I do hope and feel inside of my heart that, uh, this is the, the the awakening that America has been searching for for a long time, and um, you know only time will tell. But I do think that uh, we're heading in the right direction. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, like to get things back to like a more positive note for sure. I, I, they use people use phrases like pivotal time. You know what I mean? Like pivotal times in history, and pivotal means that it can go in a certain direction, right? It doesn't just mean mm -hmm. it's gonna become great or become bad. So like right now, just like 2016 was when Trump was running for president and people were kind of, you know, the coming out of the coming out of the woodwork to show themselves who they really were. And also people were being a little bit too passive about, um, you know, fighting for what was right. That was a pivotal time, you know what I mean? And uh, this is a pivotal time too. So I really do believe I'm on the side that I believe that things are going in the right direction in terms of, from where we were, because you have to accept reality to a certain degree to face it. And that's something I've you know, personally been dealing with a lot, but also in terms of society. And you know, things are not good in the world. Things are not good in America, but we have to accept that so that we can address the right issues and not just allow it to get out of control. And I do believe that um, we're trending in the right direction where we're gonna get you know, this asshole out of the government, I mean, out of uh, the, you know, the White House. Trump is the worst person, you know, I can think of right now off the top of my head. I mean, it's at the forefront, but still, we're gonna get him out of there, get other people in office who hopefully are at least are on the right, you know, path um, to doing the right things, whether or not they're exactly aligned with what we believe. And yeah, man, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta play the cards you're dealt. You gotta play the cards you're dealt in life. And I think at this, at right now, you know, a lot of people are doing the right things and it, things are gonna change for the better. And man, you know, all this pressure and all this stuff, and we were taught, we were taught our whole lives that you know, change is slow, and especially in terms of government and policies and things like that. This is speeding it up, and we're going to hopefully hit the ground running, you know, once things start to really change and just keep things moving. I mean, I, I, obviously everyone in the Gen Z and millennial uh, generations are not all good people, but I do think it kind of, you know, would there are things to suggest that... Um, people's uh, mentalities about things, you know, trend in the right direction in terms of uh, being woke or awoken to different issues and, and focused on the right things. So I think I feel pretty good about, again, where we're coming from, you know, where we're coming exactly. from, really, which is not it's, a yeah, great it's, place. It's all, yeah.
it's all contextual, you know, and obviously we understand where we started at, you know, and it's going to take some time. I mean, there's no question about that. Like change, even if it speeds up, it's still going to require some patience, but um, diligence, consistency, and I do think the natural progression of society is, 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 is in our favor. You know, like you said, younger people, you know, doing things uh, that, that we've never kind of seen before, young activists, right. even like TikTok generation so, uh, selling out Trump's uh, arena maybe a month or so ago. Yeah. Like there's exactly. things that like young kids are doing to get involved be before they can vote. We were always told as, a, as children, you know, you have to wait till you're 18 to have real impact in the government and politics. And actually we're kind of um, in a different world these days because of technology. So um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. No, definitely. I mean, yeah, things are things are moving one way or the other, and I think I agree we said we think it's kind of in the right direction, but there are opposing forces at work as well that we're kind of we have to make sure we're always aware of and always and always facing. So, um, yeah, when Harry and I were thinking about this podcast, we were thinking about what to call it, and one of the names that came up was "Recovering Overthinkers" or "Overthinkers Anonymous." And really that comes from the fact that we just think and talk a lot. You know, when Harry and I talk on the phone, it's, it can, we can start with one topic, sports, for example, and, and, and then end with something like social justice or aliens or whatever it might be. Yeah. So one thing is for sure, um, you know, today we started with sports and we led into some other topics, uh, the pandemic, Black Lives Matter, and and that's kind of where we focus today. But one thing's for sure is you're going to see a lot and hear a lot of many different discussions, things that maybe you've thought about before, things that maybe you haven't. Um, but for sure, uh, a variety of deep and comical topics, things that matter to us and hopefully matter to you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, every podcast, you can expect us to touch on a wide variety of things. I'm not going to be not going to be too all over the place. I mean, at the same time, this is a conversational podcast where we want to kind of get our thoughts out and express ourselves in ways that, um, you know, I alluded to earlier in the podcast, my positive psych message. It's very important to express yourself and get things out and be creative and, and do it in these ways. And I think now, you know, during the pandemic, it's a great time to start a podcast, which is something I know that I've wanted to do for a long time and Sam's thought of as well. So, you know, again, today we talked about basketball and the pandemic, Black Lives Matter, you name it. Um, in the future, we're definitely going to touch back on these subjects again, I would expect. Um, you know, obviously, there's so much to talk about. We couldn't do it all today. But, you know, expect uh, something for everybody throughout the course of these episodes. And you don't have to listen to every part. I mean, I know that, like some of that sports stuff I was getting into, talking about Joel Embiid and MVPs and stuff like that might not be for everybody. But we'll make it clear. And at the beginning of each podcast, some of the stuff we'll talk about and also in the descriptions when we post these links. And you'll be able to kind of pick and choose your um, areas that you'd like to listen to and that maybe might make you feel better about um, something that you've been thinking about and understanding that we are also thinking about that stuff. And, you know, we're all in this together, uh, in this life together, and it's important to kind of discuss these issues. So, um, you know, again, we started out the podcast uh, with a little bit of positive psych and a little bit of music. We're going to end it in the same way every time because we don't want to leave you just every single time going from this kind of like whimsical note of talking about music or sports or or you know movies or whatever it might be and then end it on just oh man the world's looking bleak like we said we're headed in the right direction in a lot of ways 
And it starts within us, as I brought up in the very beginning, uh, that Yvette Allo, Yvette Allo is the name of the account, um, at Y-V-E-T-T-E underscore A-L-O-E. Uh, and I shared a post from her earlier. I was talking about how it starts within us and self-expression is important. And I'm going to kind of touch on that again right now with another quote to leave you guys with, have you thinking about that stuff? And then we'll play out a little bit more of that heart of the line, Kid Cudi, to get that vibe going as well. So coming from Yvette Allo's Instagram account, renew your vows with yourself. Make new commitments to yourself. Try new things. Go to new places. You are going to be with you for a very long time. You might as well be intentional about how you show up for yourself. So, um, yeah, man, that's one thing I've been doing a lot recently is definitely just realizing that, you know, I'm somebody that values relationships a lot and I really love people and I love being with people. But at the same time, you got to be your best self to be with others. You got to be your strongest self and you got to know yourself the best so that you can really have these experiences and live in the moment and give give yourself to the things that you love. So um, focus on yourself right now in a lot of ways. It'll help you focus on other things. I promise it's not going to be selfish. It's not going to make you distracted. It's going to make you stronger and it's going to make you more um, of the person that you want to be and maybe know that you really are deep down right now, even if you think you're not there yet. So, you know, we're going to end these podcasts this way. And again, it's been it. Uh, it's a, it's a, what's the name of the podcast? I forget <laughs> what we decided to call it. It's eclectic. Uh, it's eclectic, baby. It's eclectic. We're talking about a lot of different stuff. But again, we're always ending on a good note because guess what, man? The Like we said, know where you are. The world is not great all the time and it's not great right now. But guess what? Accepting that allows you to kind of make it better. Yeah. So. I mean, it all starts from within, you know, it all starts from within. You like, you can't be, um, you can't love somebody else before you love yourself, you know? And I think that we have to really remember that in times like this, when everything is happening and there's so much turmoil in the outside world that it's so, we forget to look within and we forget to remember that things do start, um, you know, in, in, inside of ourselves. So I think it's a great quote, a great, great reminder, especially during these times. And um, hopefully people remember it and take action. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening to the first episode. We'll see you. It's I'm Perry. I'll see you guys later. I'll be talking, we'll talking in the future. Hopefully uh, we'll get better at this. I think we will. It's been a good first run. So it's eclectic with Sam and Harry. Thank you guys so much. Peace.